Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. It is a Friday. Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio as we close out this week. We've been having a really good week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness coming off the heels of JT the Brick that just held it down for the last two hours. Of course, he followed up with a fantastic morning tailgate. They uh, they held it down this morning from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. That's Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. So uh, it's on us. It's on us to take us home strong, and that's exactly what we plan on doing for the next three hours, three hours long, three hours strong. Of course, Raider Nation, we're going to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Very excited about the opportunity to get and to spend a few hours with you here on Raider Nation Radio 920 as we do each and every day. 702-365-9200. That's our listener line. Of course, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Got a fantastic lineup for you, and I just realized as I'm looking up and down the list, it's just about Ladies' Day. <laughs> we got the, it's almost, you know, the song Ladies' Night. Well, it's almost Ladies' Day that we got for you lined up here on a, on Unnecessary Roughness. So kicking us off at 2.30, our good friend Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM and the Silver and Black Show. She does a fantastic job in covering the NFL for a very long time. She'll join us to talk all things Raiders. We'll dip in a little bit of conversation about the championship games this weekend. Who does she like in Kansas City and Cincinnati and Philadelphia and San Francisco? Where the Raiders could improve quick, fast, and in a hurry. What she thinks about veteran quarterbacks as opposed to rookie quarterbacks quarterbacks basically everything we've been talking about all week long here on uh, unnecessary roughness we're going to go ahead and throw at uh, amber coming up at 2 30 it's always great to catch up with her she's one of my favorite guests that we have uh, each and every week and most of the part we have her every week at least one time a week but she is fantastic has a great uh football knowledge up in uh, up in that brain of hers so uh, it'll definitely be fun to talk to her coming up at 2 30 at 3.30, we have uh, Elisa Hernandez. Haven't talked to her in a minute, but uh, she's from the NFL Network, El Snap host as well. She does Dodger Stadium host. She does a little bit of everything, and she has been really kind of touring the whole uh, landscape of the league all season long. And, of course, we're right now at the tail end of the, the season with the championship games going on this weekend and then the, uh, the Super Bowl on February 12th in Arizona where Raider Nation Radio 920 will be the whole week leading up to the Super Bowl, and that's courtesy of Subaru of Las Vegas, and we definitely do appreciate them uh, for sponsoring us and sending us there. And we're going to have a fantastic time, <laughs> Raider Nation. I don't mean to sidetrack, and uh, you know I, I do sidetrack once in a while, but I'm just looking at, at the list of names that we're already getting lined up. I mean, we're already getting guests signed up for the shows, and we haven't even got to Arizona yet, right? I mean, I keep on getting emails, text messages, lots of different people. I was like, hey, Q, we're going to be there. Uh, what radio stations are you going to have there? We're going to have Raider Nation Radio 920 there. We're going to have ESPN Las Vegas there. We're going to be right next to the Raiders. So we're all going to be uh, lumped up there in the, the Phoenix Convention Center, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to be a whole lot of work, but it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So excited about that opportunity. But uh, Elisa Hernandez from the NFL Network, and I think – I want to say last time we talked to Elisa, it might have been in L.A. on Radio Row. Uh, I know she uh, caught up with me on Radio Row uh, last year there in L.A. And I, that might have been the last time that we actually had her on the show. Anyway, she does really good work. We'll uh, talk to her coming up at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, 
DeMond's going to get fired up. This is a special guest for DeMond. I mean, I'm, I'm going to join in on the conversation, but this is going to be a DeMond classic, a DeMond exclusive just about. Carolina Teague from ESPN 97.5. Uh, she's up in Texas. Uh, she also does a, the podcast, League of Her Own podcast. Uh, she's been uh, uh, announced as, or not announced as, but she's been awarded the best wrestling ring announcer in the state of Texas. That is her actual title. And uh, DeMond, you said what, Royal Rumble's coming up this weekend? Yes, Q, the Royal Rumble. Are you not excited about it? Hey, man, I'm not a wrestling guy. You know that. I'm not a wrestling guy. Um, you know, it is what it is as far as I'm concerned, but I know that you are a wrestling guy. I know that we've had people call in throughout the course of the week and ask your opinion on this Royal Rumble. And really, the only question I have about this whole thing, I mean, I'll have multiple questions. I mean, I, you know, I do my homework, so I know what we're talking about. But I just want to know, and let me start off and ask you, is The Rock going to come back? Is, is that what I'm hearing? Is that the speculation in the conversation that The Rock is going to return to the ring? Q, it's, heavy, it's heavily speculated. We do not know as of yet because if you win the Royal Rumble, you're guaranteed the main event of WrestleMania. And The Rock's younger cousin, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, is the head of the table right now. Wait, so, so, wait, wait, hold on. Slow down, slow down, slow down. You almost tried to slip that one past me. Since when has... What, what did you say his name is? Uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. When does he all of a sudden became the Rock's cousin? They're related. It's um, it's the uh, Samoan dynasty. They're all. It's all family. The uh, when? Anawai- when? Since when? I know. How come this is the first I'm hearing of this? Because you're not keeping track of the Anawai bloodline. That's, true. That's, That's apparently the, not. The name of the faction is called the Bloodline. You've got Roman Reigns, his fathers, or the um, the Samoans, Afa and Sika. Okay. And then you've got Rakishi back in the day, his sons. I the remember Usos. Rakishi. Isn't that the dude who used to jump on people with his butt? Yes, and his sons, the Usos, and the, <laughs> and his younger son, a buddy of mine, Solo. I got homeboys that are uh, the Usos, man. Like there's some real deal cats, man. You don't want to mess with the Usos, man. They'll get you, but they ain't no wrestlers. Yeah, you don't want to mess with any Samoan in any walk of life, to be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. Hey, I got some cats back in the bay, some Uso friends, man. Some homeboys that I'm glad they're my homeboys and not uh, guys that I'm running from because those are my guys. <laughs> yeah, man, I like to say Oos now too. You know, you got to get the permission. You know, it's like saying Oos. What's up, Oos? But then the big, the big thing there is we don't know if we don't know if the Rock's gonna come back just yet because Sami Zayn, the honorary Oos. Wait, okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Oh, jeez. The honorary Oos, Sami Zayn. He's basically taking this bloodline story. He is, yes, he is a white Canadian, so I, that's why he's the honorary Oos. So is that like okay? Let me ask this dumb question. I probably. I'm probably going to hate myself for going down this rabbit hole. But is that like, is that, okay, so the honorary oos, is that like, you know, uh, a white dude that hangs out with a bunch of bros and it's like, oh, he's just honorary bro? Exactly. <laughs> okay. You All know. right. Oh, my goodness. All right. Where are we going to go from here? All right. So that's what, some of the storylines that we should expect for the Royal Rumble this weekend. Of course, Q. I mean, are you not excited? Did I not get your no. interest? You got the honorary Oos. You got maybe a potentially The Rock coming back. I mean, who knows? That's the go. only question I have. It, look, man, are we going to see The Rock or not we because I'm not going to watch it. But is, is The Rock going to make an appearance? Because, look, I think he's got some bigger fish to fry right now. I mean, he's got the XFL going on, right? He's got the Vegas Vipers. I don't care if he doesn't focus on the rest of the XFL. He's got the Vegas Vipers to focus in on. So I can't have him sidetracked because he's in the ring wearing tights and trying to talk trash again. I need him to be focused, 100% locked in. Q, I think The Rock's on your side on this one. It's, it's real slim that The Rock's coming back. 
Okay. All right, good. That's what I'm talking about. Well, Carolina Teague, she's a really good friend of the show, really, uh, you know, great, great person. Uh, she'll join the show to talk about this uh, Royal Rumble. We'll also talk some NFL with her because uh, she covers that like a glove, covers basketball like a glove as well. Matter of fact, when Becky Hammond got hired by the Aces, that was one of our go-to people to talk to because she covers the Spurs and, and knew Becky Hammond really well, so she kind of gave us the insight of what to expect. And I, I do remember her saying, would not be surprised if Becky Hammond goes to Las Vegas and wins the championship. And, well, lo and behold, one season in, wins the championship. So Carolina Teague, ESPN 97.5, she does a lot of work in San Antonio, uh, multiple different things she does. She'll join us at 4 o'clock. Then at 4.30, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He joins us each and every Friday to give us the, you know, the money lines, how to win some money over the weekend. We'll talk about uh, some hoop game. We'll talk a little college basketball. Every time I talk with Lee, which we do a show every day, Locked on Bets, uh, we've been talking a lot of college hoops. So we'll do that. And then we'll also talk about the NFC and AFC championship. Championship game, so that'll come up at 4:30. So Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM, Silver and Black Show at 2:30. Alisa Hernandez, NFL Network at 3:30. Carolina Teague, ESPN 97.5, and others at 4. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com at 4:30. And at 3 o'clock, we'll have a little NFL news and notes of the day, a little Cover Three action. So a locked and loaded show for you. We also have Black Crows tickets. We've been giving out all week long. We'll give them out again today. And then, man, next week we got some real deal prizes for you that I'm very excited about as well. But we'll talk about that next week. So now you know the lineup for the day. Again, Amber Theo Harris, Elisa Hernandez, Carolina Teague, Elise Sterling. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And I want to kind of make today a fun day. It's a Friday. It's a, it's a, it's a fun day Friday. The sun is out. I picked up my East-West Shrine Bowl credentials earlier today, so I'm excited about that. Of course, we'll be uh, all over the practices all weekend long here in Las Vegas. Of course, the game is next Thursday at Allegiant Stadium. We'll be there. Actually, this show will be generated from there next Thursday. Media Day is on Wednesday, so we'll be at that. Uh, we'll have a lot of sound from the Shrine Bowl. I picked that up, and I thought, you know what? For the show topic today, let's have a little bit of fun. Let's call this You Make the Call. And what I mean by that is, what is your biggest question that you have about the Raiders? I always bring a question to the table. I always bring something that, you know, I want to throw out there and get your opinion on it. But what are you jonesing on? What are you sitting at the house thinking, uh, you know, your biggest question about the silver and black? And I know the easy answer is, who's the quarterback going to be? But... The team is not going to go to the playoffs with just the quarterback alone. There's so many different areas of this team, so many different questions that you could have surrounding the silver and black. I thought, you know what, I'd open it up to you. What are your biggest? What is your biggest question that you have about the Raiders? Or if you want to take it a step further, what's the biggest statement that you, need to, you think that the Raiders need to make this offseason? One of the two, whatever you want to do. But I'm going to leave the ball in your corner. You know, what is going to be – your biggest question. So, DeMond, I'll go ahead and start things off with you again in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and we definitely appreciate Finley Cadillac for supporting us and uh, sponsoring our studio. And you know everything great's got to come out of the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio because, well, it's a Cadillac. You don't get no better than that. So, DeMond, what's your biggest question you have about the Raiders as it stands right now on January 27th? Can they hit on the free agent signings? I don't care what side, because I don't know if it's going to be a big offensive lineman. I don't know if it's going to be some a stud on the defensive line, someone in the secondary. But whoever that big money signing is going to be, because I think there's going to be at least one of them, are they going to hit on it? Because I'm still a Chandler Jones supporter, but I've got to be honest, we all know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that good. He, like, right. he didn't live up to the signing that he had. Right. So for me, 
whoever they go out there and sign, are they going to hit on that free agent signing? You know, somebody sent me, and I'm not on Instagram, but somebody sent me an Instagram post from Chandler Jones, and it said something about need a realtor in Las Vegas, and they, you know, it was just like a, it was just like a a, a, a black screen, but it said need. Um, let me go, let me find it real quick to look at it, tell you what it exactly was. But they sent it to me, and I said, well, maybe. Maybe he's just looking for a maybe he's looking for a house. I don't know. And then they say, well, maybe he's on his way out. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. You know what I mean? I couldn't tell you. I have absolutely no idea. But I thought it was pretty interesting uh, when they said that. Of course, I can't find it now. But like I said, uh, I'm not on Instagram. But that was that was the post. Uh, it was basically asking for a Las Vegas realtor. I don't know if Chandler Jones has a house. I don't know if he has an apartment. I don't. I don't know. But you know, you bring up a good point about well, you know, giving him a free agent deal, and it just didn't. Obviously, he didn't live up to the the price tag on it. So that's a good question. You know, will they be able to hit on their free agency? I kind of want to take it in that direction, but uh, uh, not not really the same the same kind of question or the same answer. But really, how aggressive are they going to be this off season? That's really what I want to know. I feel like that they're lined up to be really aggressive, especially after the whole Derek Carr situation gets worked out one way or the other. You know that they're going to receive a lot more salary cap space. So are they going to be aggressive? In free agency, are they going to go out there and sign some big time names? Are they going to look at a guy like a Jerron Payne and say, "Hey, you know, let's go ahead and give him the a big deal." You know, let's go out and, and try to make a move, even by way of trade. I just want to know how how aggressive they are going to be to build this team this offseason. I think that that to me is honestly one of the biggest questions that we all should have. You know, by the by the aggressiveness and the funny thing about the aggressiveness is once, you know, when last year when free agency, when the tampering period opened up and nobody heard anything, everyone kept saying, hello, Dave Ziegler, are you awake? Are you behind at the wheel? What are you doing? Remember, everyone was putting out the clowning emojis on Twitter and everything like, what is this guy doing? And then all of a sudden, boom, he struck with Chandler Jones. Then boom, made the move for Devontae Adams. Then boom, signed Max Crosby. Like all of a sudden, you know, things got going quick, fast, in a hurry. And so it was aggressive for, a, you know, a nice little period of time and again from the outside from from my point of view look like that hey this team is lining up to make a deep run this year we all know it didn't shake out that way so I want to know if it's going to be more of a slow play this offseason or do we think that there's a chance where they're going to go and they're going to strike and be very aggressive and try to build the hell out of a team and I think that we'll probably have a better idea once you find out about the quarterback situation but it's still a fair question as far as I'm concerned how aggressive you think this team will be. So in your and for your question, what would aggressiveness look like? Would it be as soon as the market's open, they already make that splash, or they already have an offer out there to someone, a big trade? What would you say now they're they're being aggressive this offseason? To me, being aggressive would be going out and making a, a pretty big splash, you know, in free agency. Because uh, remember, they signed a lot of guys last year, like the Andrew Billings, the Bilal Nichols. You know, Rocky Scene was a trade, but you know, got a lot of guys that were on the one year deals, but. Will they go out and make a move? I mean, I'm saying Deron Payne because that's the top of my mind, but will they make, go out and make a move, you know, give a four- or five-year deal to a guy that they think could be an anchor, maybe some big money? Will they go make a trade, right? I mean, you talked about Jalen Ramsey before. Will they try to go say, hey, you know what? Let's go get that, that corner. We need a we need a lockdown corner or as close to a lockdown corner. Let's go see if we can go make that move. That's that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Like the offensive line. Remember the offensive line last offseason didn't get addressed really at all? Are they going to go out and make a move for a big-time you know, offensive lineman? And again, maybe we'll get some answers based off whatever quarterback or how that quarterback situation shakes out. Will they make, get aggressive and go trade for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, hell, we don't know, right? But I think you'll see 
pretty soon if they plan on being an aggressive team or if they kind of sit back and let the let the chips fall where they may and uh, you know determine who who they're going to be in 2023. So also when it comes to being aggressive, would you be okay if they lose out on some of these some of these players? Let's say if they was the hey the Raiders were right there in the trade for Jalen Ramsey, but someone else offered a first and a second, and the Raiders said that was too rich for my blood. Would that still show you that the signs that they want to be aggressive enough, even if they do miss out on let's say a player that you would have preferred them to get? That's a good question, you know, because we always can hear the reports later, like oh yeah, the team was really interested in this guy, but uh, you know the. The, the draft capital got too too rich or it got too you know too much for their blood and you know I applaud them for being disciplined in the moves that they make like I don't want them to be reckless but I do I, I would like to see them hit on a couple of those guys right if, if they're good if that's the plan again I don't like JT talks about the plan a lot I don't know the plan like I when he talks about the plan I want to be like hey man you want to go on and, like, send me an email of what the plan is? Go on and just whisper in my ear, man. I ain't going to tell nobody else. I mean, he talks about the plan all the time. I don't know what the plan is. People think that we're, you know, like, full of it because we don't, you know, we don't tell you what the plan is. If I knew what the plan was, Raider Nation, maybe that's why they don't tell me. I tell you. I would love to know what the plan is. I honestly don't know. And all it does is leave us to speculation, and that's a word that I don't really like to use. I don't like to speculate because it just it kind of makes us sound silly. Sometimes it makes you sound like you're uh, you're you're fishing for something, and that's not that's not the case. I kind of like to follow the signs and follow what's going on, and, and just really talk about what we know, you know. But I I just I want to see it. I, I you know if I think a lot of Raider Nation believes right now that this is a a, a full rebuild. I still don't believe that just because I don't think if you're going to make a rebuild, why would you go make a move for Devontae Adams? I think that's the silliest thing ever. But until we actually see the blueprint and see it, we don't know. We don't know exactly what it is. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to gas anybody up, man. That's not, that's not my job. I don't, I don't get paid to gas anybody up, right? You know, they don't have full-service gas stations anymore, really. I'm not that guy. I don't come running out when the bell rings and, and, and pump your gas and wash your windows, right? I ain't that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not that guy. I'm sure that there's cats out there like that, but I, I'm not that one. So, yeah, t- to me, and like I said, it's it's only January 27th. We'll probably start to see the movement or at least hear the movement in the next, you know, a couple weeks. I'm sure that week of Super Bowl, we'll start hearing a lot of rumblings while we're down in uh, in Arizona, and that's going to be interesting. It might end up being one of the, the hot topics there on Radio Row. You just never know when you go there. You never know how it's going to shake out. So that's that's something that that uh, intrigues me. So I, I think my biggest question I have about this team is how aggressive do they plan to be this offseason? That that means in the draft as well, Demon. You know, we're talking about free agency and trying to acquire talent. Will they will they have the stones to say, you know what? We're gonna trade up to number three to go get this guy. We're gonna trade up like Raider Max says, trade up to number one. Like I think that that's not re- reasonable or realistic, but I just think that you know th- that'll tell you a lot if they do. They would be more aggressive, but I think that would be the aggression that you wouldn't like to see, right? Because of how much you, you, you got to give up. Yeah, you when, you, give up when you gave up the points yesterday of how yeah. much a, a pick is worth, right. I think you would want to see spend that extra ten million on right. Deron Payne aggression right. rather than, hey, we're gonna we're gonna move, we're gonna trade our first and our second for to move up two spots aggression. Right, and that's and that's hundred percent true. You are absolutely spot on. I don't want to see them get too aggressive, like moving up because they have to give up a lot. But another way that they could be uh, aggressive in the draft is move a lot, move down, and then all of a sudden, boom, move and acquire more picks. Like right now, I think they're at, what, nine? And we anticipate at least 11. What if they end up with the draft at like 15? Obviously, you don't need that many draft picks. You're not going to uh, keep all those guys on, on your roster. 
But if they uh, get aggressive like that and start moving around and say, okay, hey, the guy that we're targeting, we believe is going to be there. If we're at 7 and we could trade down to 10 and that guy's still going to be there, we're good. Or if, if they're at 37 or whatever the case may be, whatever number they're picking at, oh, we can move to this number and, and we can move back a little, we can move up a little. We can just, just the way that they navigate through the draft, that could also show them a sign of aggressiveness and being you know, really specific about who they're trying to target. Like, okay, that's the dude that we really want. Similar to what the Raiders did years ago when they traded up to go get Connor Cook, even though that didn't work out. But they were very, as a matter of fact, like that's the dude that we're going to go go get, and they got him in the fourth round. Again, that didn't work out. We all know Connor Cook's no longer in the league, but it was something that was very specific. Like, that's the guy we're going to go get. So, Raider Nation, that's what I want to hear. You make the call, man. What's your biggest question you have about the Raiders? What's the biggest statement you'd like to make about the Silver and Black? 702-365-9200. Let's go out to L.A. Talk to our friend Eddie. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, Q? I have a feeling this team is going to be a, a more aggressive than they were last offseason, uh, which is the scary part about it because, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's how aggressive they're going to get, whether it be moving up and down in the draft. Um depending on who's the quarterback, of course, but more so what they do with that, with those free agent signings, the philosophy going after it. Um, I think they're going to, my my thinking is they're going to be overly aggressive because they're they're a little bit on the hot seat because the first year didn't go so well. So Mm -hmm. if you start off slow, uh, I'm sure those picks are going to be predicated on that, not wanting to start off slow. So I think they're going to make a focus on the defense. And I hope I hope they make good signings with much better structure contracts than Chandler Jones. Let's just be real that 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 is a colossal failure. Uh, the production was not nearly there, and they can't get out of that contract. That's why I deem it as a colossal fail. Now, like Derek Carr, they they worked their way out of it, um, but that that just didn't work out. So them being aggressive should scare all of us. I don't you know McDaniel's is still has to prove a lot. He's not a he's not a winner as a head coach. Okay, and he it doesn't seem like he can structure his, you know, his offensive system. So let's see what happens. But yes, I do. I do expect him to be aggressive, which is worrisome. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And look, that's a good. That's a good one right there. Great call. Because look, they could be over aggressive, like we just mentioned, Demond. You know, that could be something that that could happen. They could be over aggressive. You get over aggressive, you know, it's like it's like coming out the gates. It's like I mean, you're, look, you you're getting in the ring. You're doing a little sparring with uh, Brian Salmon, right? I mean, you come you come out as soon as a ding ding. You come out and you're like boom 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 boom. You're firing all your shots. All of a sudden, you're 30 seconds in and you ain't got no win left. You're like, oh man, what happened? Like, you got too aggressive, right? You got to ease into things sometimes. Yeah, if you throw your best punch as soon as you come out of the gate, like you said, that last 30 seconds, that last minute, you're going to be done. And what Eddie said, that is to be worrisome for, for this front office and this regime because, like you said earlier, we don't know the plan. Nope. But we saw last year, last offseason, that's the only thing we can base it off of, when you make, when they did go aggressive, let's say it's a 50-50. It's a hit or a miss. And mm-hmm. I know you can say that about every front office. Right. But you could, you could say, hey, they got Devontae Adams. But you can also say... Yeah, but they signed Chandler Jones. So for Eddie in L.A., yeah. for his money, it's a little bit worrisome. So I like that point that he brought up. I did, too. I thought it was a great call. I really did. So that's the kind of stuff that we want to hear. Mailman Raider, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, one thing I'd ask is, will McDaniels want to add some speed to the offense? How big of a priority will it be? Speed, I think, puts this offense over the top, obviously depending on who's quarterbacking. I know it's not the top of the list, but we got money to spend and a ton of picks. I a man. That's good. That's a good one, man. Mailman Raider, thank you for that text. I do think that that demand was an element that was missing last year. And I know that, you know, I know that uh, uh, my guy, um, 
now I forget his name, uh, Mac, Mac Hollins. I know he had some speed, and I know that, you know, when T. Billy was around, he had some speed. There were some guys that had some speed here and there. But there wasn't that, in my opinion, real deep threat. The guy that you just knew he was on the field and he was going to be a burner. And that's right? What- that's why yesterday when I brought up Jalen Hyatt, I think that could yeah. be a day two guy mm-hmm. where, you know, that second or that third round pick, why not take that burner of a receiver? Hey, man, Devontae Adams is the 100 reception guy. You Don't you worry about that. Right. De- Darren Waller, hey, man, he could be the, the red zone target. Don't you worry about that. But just for those, you know, maybe those two, three plays a game, we mm-hmm. just need you to be ready. Yep. Just be ready. Yep. You might not even, it might not be going your way. Get your track shoes on. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and the thing about it is, and this is really giving Devontae Adams all the credit in the world, he's not the fastest dude, but, man, he got down the field and he was always open, wasn't he? I mean, he was always open, like beating guys by a couple of yards, like he was that burner. And he's not that burner, but he runs his route so well, he didn't have to be. So if you have a guy that is that precise when it comes to the routes and he's able to shake a guy off his backside – and then you have a burner that can stretch the field, too. I mean, that's why, and again, we all know the situation with Henry Ruggs, and I don't want to make light of it, but that situation, that's why they went and got a guy like that, was to be able to be a, that burner and be a guy that, that concerned, concerned defenses when he was on the field. You knew damn well, this guy, man, if you, if you sneeze or if you blink the wrong way, he's past you. They do. I do think that that's a big element that needs to be added to this team and this offense. Uh, like I said, I don't think they need a lot of offensive weapons, but they definitely need some speed. If they had that, that speed, you know, and I know we talked about DJ Turner, Turner the burner, we talked about him, but he's not he's not a, a, a precise wide receiver. He's not an established enough wide receiver. You need someone that's used to running them, them, them routes like that and, and catching the rock, right? And so, yeah, when you, when you brought up Hyatt, man, that was fantastic. That's probably going to be a guy when we really get down to the nitty-gritty and start talking about the draft – and start talking about the, you know, who do we think the Raiders should grab where and start looking at real mock drafts. And I think that's a guy that would definitely get put on the list because that's what he does. He stretches the field, he catches the deep ball. And that's what he's used to doing right now. So I'm not asking him, hey, come in and run all this uh, precise route tree and do this. No, man. I'm asking you to put your Skeets Nehemiah on. I'm asking you to be Carl Lewis. I'm asking you to be, uh, you know, whoever you need to be, right? Michael Johnson, I don't give a damn, right? <laughs> Whatever track star you want to say, hell, if you want to say Flo Joe, go ahead and put, I don't care. Whoever the case may be, man, go on out there and handle your business, stretch that field, and be that weapon, and, and, and be a guy that they, they expect that can uh, catch the rock too, right? Not just, not just be fast, but also have the hands as well. Good stuff. Keep those texts coming in. Don't be broke.com. Text line 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM Radio, and also Silver and Black Show. She'll join us, and that'll be the first question I ask. What's her biggest question? This is Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 2.31 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, the question that we threw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What's your biggest question you have about the Raiders this offseason or just the team in general or the big statement that you want to make? 
Hit us up. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Little you make the call action we're doing this afternoon. Joining us now on the phone lines, our good friend from Sil- Sirius XM and also Silver and Black Show is Amber Theo Harris. And Amber, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It's always great to catch up with you. And I'll start with you. I'll ask you the question. What's your biggest question you have about the, the Raiders as they enter this offseason? Oh, Q, it's what everybody else's question is. Who's going to be the quarterback? <laughs> right. Without a quarterback. Doesn't matter if you resign Josh Jacobs for a gazillion dollars that he's going to demand. Doesn't matter if you uh, bring in defensive pieces. Doesn't matter if Josh McDaniels is able to finally do what he wants to do. If you don't have a quarterback, you got nothing. There was, there was a great uh, poll going around Twitter yesterday, and it was like, who would you rather have, a number one defense or a franchise quarterback? I said, sign me up for a franchise quarterback. You can't win without a quarterback. And that's what the silver and black needs. I love it. I love it. So let's go ahead and, and keep that question rolling. So do you go veteran? Do you go rookie? What does Amber Theo Harris do for the Raiders at the quarterback position? Well, I'm going to throw a question back at you. Okay. You stay at number seven? Um, go up. See, I, I would stay at number seven because, and this is the reason why, I don't want them to go – I feel like there's so many holes on the team that they can't get too aggressive because they have so many other holes to fill. So unless they're, unless they're 100% convinced that, that that franchise guy is one of those big three in C.J. Stroud, Will Levitz, or, or Bryce Young, I think you stay there at seven and you pick the best player. in mind what happened uh, two years ago. Remember the price for Trey Lance? Yep. Just to go up to number three? Yep. What was that three first-round draft picks? Yeah, two, two first happened. rounds in a second, I believe. It was a lot. It was a king's ransom. Second, yes. It was a lot, okay? So that's what it takes to go up. So like you said, to me, that's, that's too expensive to go up and get. Do I think one of them will fall? Seven? Maybe the third, which I think is Will Levitt. Maybe. Um but there's too many teams of the Raiders right now that need quarterbacks. So I don't think you get a quarterback at seven. Um, maybe, but you might have to go up a little bit. Like, let's say you might I have to look at the draft order, but you've got teams like the Colts right. uh, in front of you. The Texans are too high. You yep. can't go up to number two. Um, I, I don't think the Lions are going to take a you know, I don't think you're at risk of, of them taking a the quarterback. So, Maybe if they have to go up uh, a couple spots and not give up, you know, two first-round picks to go up to a top three, um, then I could see them doing it. But in reality, you know, seven's kind of a weird place to be in mm-hmm. this draft if you want one of those three quarterbacks. So I think you go veteran. Um, and I get the sense, based on my <laughs> sources, resources, whatever you want to say, that if it ain't Bryce Young, those other guys for the Raiders. Mm. So I think maybe I think Aaron Rodgers is too far of a stretch because of the price tag. Yeah. You know, you give him fifty three million dollars right there on the spot plus the, the cap hit that the uh, Packers would have to take. It'd be really tough for them to move him as well. So I think it's Tom Brady and maybe Jared Stidham. And that ain't bad. That's in the offensive line. Right. Um at that point. But then what are you going to do for the future? And that's the problem because Tom Brady maybe, maybe gives you maybe two if you have a really great offensive line. Um, and hopefully you win with him. But then you don't, you're not in a draft position to go get your franchise guy. So it's, it's wait and see, but that's, that's going to be tough. I think, it's, I think number seven kind of is a weird spot. That's my personal opinion. 
No, it is. It really is, especially when it's only three quarterbacks that you're looking at. And I've seen C.J. Stroud mock to, you know, drop to the Raiders at seven. I don't think he's going to be there. Bryce Young sure ain't going to be there. Will Levitz, I think he's a lot of questions, right? I mean, he had a down season. His tape's not very good, but the potential is great. But can the Raiders afford to, to go in on a guy that has potentially, you know, a, a high ceiling and but not be 100% sure? Like, I feel like that's the same thing with Anthony Richardson as well. There's too much unknown behind those two guys. Yeah, and and that's why I just I think if you, if you're using your first round pick on a quarterback, you best be sure that that guy can start day one in this day and age. Mm-hmm. It's the, the days of sitting behind Brett Favre for three years when your Aaron Rodgers are gone, it's just it's not the expectation. Are you expected to come in and play if you're a top seven pick? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm looking at the draft order right now. Gosh, I just unless they go up to the Colts, which the Colts need a quarterback, so right. they're not trying to drop back. You know, right. what I mean? they're not. They're not unless you come with something ridiculous. Uh, but uh, that would just be irresponsible of the Raiders to to offer something ridiculous. So, um, sorry, what was your question? I lost track of whether <laughs> or not they would go up. <laughs> I mean, they can't go up to number two. No, Arizona. By the way, needs a quarterback. They don't think they do, but they're going to need a quarterback right. at some point. I just don't know. I would have never given Kyler Murray that kind of money, but we could have. We can. We can. We can have that discussion another day. Yeah. No. Um, we 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 all saw that coming, right? <laughs> you were talking about the rookies. Yeah, you were talking about the potential of the rookies. I'm sorry. If I'm at number seven, I don't want. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I, I want a Will Levis, you know, or anybody yep. else. There. I, I know that the top two will be gone. CJ Stroud. I, I could guarantee that CJ Stroud and. Uh, and Bryce Young will be on at that point. So it, that's reiterating what I said. It's a weird place to be. Yep, exactly. Maybe maybe they'll have an opportunity to get the best defensive man out there, like Jalen Carter from Georgia. Maybe he'll drop, but who knows? Again, we're talking with Amber Theo Harris here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. Go ahead, Demond. You got one for yeah, keeping it with the playoffs, the last time we talked to you, you were going to be on the call for the 49ers as they were taking on the Seahawks. Brock Purdy, all he's done is won, and he's continued to win. But do you think that his luck maybe is going to run out against those Eagles? I don't know, because it's, it's, not, it's not Brock Purdy's game to win, is it? Right? That, mm-hmm. One thing about the 49ers, and the reason why Jimmy Garoppolo went to either the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship two out of the last three years, is because that team is so balanced. It's not on the quarterback's arm to, to um, take that team to the Super Bowl. Now, will he have to score points? Uh, absolutely, going up against Jalen Hurts and, and that offense. We're going to have to be able to score points against the Eagles' defense, which is very tough, and especially against the Eagles' secondary. Um, I, I don't see it as like, oh, he's you know now he's going to learn his lesson and welcome to the NFL, <laughs> son. I mean, look, he, he's... He's gotten them for the NFC Championship game. Um, every single game has been like, this is the biggest game of his life. This is the big, no, this is the biggest game of his life. And he's answered the call every single time. So to put it as if his luck would end, um, I don't think it's been luck. I think he's prepared. I was talking to um, uh, oh, Blank and the guy that just got the job as the GM of the Titans, and he was the uh, director of pro players. Oh, yeah, with the, the 49ers. Oh, Baron Carson. Yep. Baron Carson. Yep. Yeah. I was talking to Rand on the sideline. I said, man, did you guys ever say when you drafted this kid that this is where you'd be? He was obviously not. And he was just like everybody else, you know, in that Miami game when we had to put him in, he throws the ball 37 times, and everybody's like, oh, my God. You know, wow. But what didn't surprise me was that he was ready for the moment. 
because he said all those all these second and third quarterbacks in the league say, yeah, I, I prepare every day as I'm as if I'm the starter. Every game I prepare as if I'm the starter. Because most of the time it's BS. <laughs> because I can tell you as somebody who watches them prepare, he said that Brock Purdy, he would be on the plane going to away games early in the season when he was the third string. And he'd be going, this, this guy's preparing like he's the starter. He's playing, doing his work. Um, he'd be watching him in the film room, and he was like, he really was preparing as if he was the starter. So it didn't buy him that he came in and had the sex success as a preparation standpoint. Um, but I don't think anybody expected Mr. Relevant to be in the NFC championship game and possibly go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's going to be Christian Humphrey. It's, it's going to be uh, Nick Bosa and he, it's going to be Steve Samuel. It's going to be George Kittle. That's the reason to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, man, Rob really, really got them to the Super Bowl. It's, it's a great team. Sorry, I have a speaker go off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was ESPN. You don't have it up on your computer unless it's for explaining something. <laughs> yes, I think Brock Purdy, if they go to the Super Bowl, it won't be like, yeah, Brock Purdy, you know, is the only, is the sole reason that they won that game. I want to keep it on that NFC Championship game, and I know that you are somewhat of a fantasy expert, and I see that you guys <laughs> were nominated for a Best Radio Show of the Year at Fantasy Dirt. So when it comes to the weapons on both sides of those teams in the NFC Championship game, the Eagles and the 49ers, who do you think has the best offensive weapons? Um, thanks for the shout-out to Fantasy Dirt, by the way. We were really honored to be – we have a lot of fun on that show. So it's cool. You never do shows to get nominated for an award. We just have a lot of fun with friends. Um, who has the best offensive weapons um, as far as skill positions, fantasy positions? Um, I would definitely say the 49ers. I mean, would you would you rather have Christian McCaffrey or Miles Sanders? Right. That's easy. <laughs> That's easy. C- uh, C-Mac's the guy. <laughs> okay. Now, but here's the tougher one. Um, Debo Samuel, he's like, I don't think of him as like an AJ Brown. You know, they're so different. Um, the perspective, not not based on this year. Um, you know, this year Debo didn't have fantasy numbers, but I, I take AJ Brown in that mm-hmm. sense. Uh, George Shittle, fantasy wise, not typically great uh, fantasy tight end. So if we're looking from that, you know, that sense, but what I when I have them on my real football team, uh, that's the tight end I would take in that matchup, yes, because right. of his ability to block. <laughs> that can make the difference uh, when that the Eagles defense is coming at you. Um, Try to think, like, quarterback, obviously I'd rather I mean, I'd have Jalen Hurts. <laughs> right. I'm a fantasy team. So, that, I mean, that's what it's going to be. That's why it's going to be a great game is because both have different weapons but kind of spread out in different spots. Right. It's going to be interesting. It really is. I'm looking forward to the weekend. Amber, before we let you go, are you going to be in Arizona for the Super Bowl Radio Row that week? Wait. Am I going to see you there? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be there on uh, – we'll get there on Sunday. We'll be there all week long. I'll bring in DeMond with me too. Woohoo! Great. Oh, awesome. I love me from DeMond. Okay, <laughs> let's let's make a date that we will go on, you know, you can – like, we'll, I'll be right on Radio Row too with SiriusXM. You can't miss us. There's, like, a huge set. Yeah. Um, come find me and let's make sure that I join. Uh, I, I hope I, I hope you'll let me on. I know you have more than get me on ESPN. 
Oh, yeah, it's all good. You're good to go. <laughs> That's a date. That's a date. Nah, sounds good. Thanks, Amber. That's awesome. We'll see you. You see you then. There she goes. Did we lose her? Hi. All right, see ya. There she goes. We lost her. <laughs> Phone started to break up a little bit at the end there. Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM. We will be with her on Radio Row. We won't have to worry about phone breaking up there because we'll be on uh, Radio Row. Uh, we'll put her on the show. She'll go. I'll jump on her show. Whatever the case may be, we're going to do a lot of radio that week, DeMond. Buckle up, man. You better get your sleep ahead of time, man. You know what I mean? Don't be at the radio station at 3 in the morning. Oh, wait. Never mind. You're going to be at the radio station at 3 in the morning. <laughs> but no, really, it's going to be a fun week, so we definitely uh, look forward to that. 244 is the time. Want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What's your biggest question that you have, man, as you make the call? What's your biggest question you have about the Raiders? Or what's the biggest statement that you'd like to make? Let us know about it. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got some Black Crows tickets we'll give out probably at the end of the hour. If not then, maybe around 315. But we'll give those tickets out sooner rather than later. Been giving them out all week long. Pretty cool. Definitely enjoy giving stuff out here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Do the question out there to you. What's your biggest question you have about the Raiders? You know, you make the call. Usually we come in with a very specific topic, but today I kind of want to let it open. It's Friday, you know, kind of open it up a little bit. Whatever's at the top of your mind, whatever the biggest question is. Amber rolled out a really good question about the quarterback and, you know, are you going to start a guy day one? It's funny because we had that conversation on the show yesterday, and she said the same thing I said. If you're, if you're getting a guy in the top seven, you believe that he's your franchise quarterback, and, well, the days of sitting behind a – uh, a, a, a Brett Favre or anyone else are, are really behind quarterbacks now. They get drafted that high, man. You expect them to be thrown in the fire pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. So are they going to go veteran? Are they going to go rookie? A combination of the two? What's the case going to be? That's, that's a really good question. But there's a lot of other questions that are out there, and we'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r got a lot of good stuff. This one's for the 707. Well, Q... The biggest question for me is actually regarding the staff. There's a lot of folks all year perplexed on the staff's game decisions, especially on the D, with alignments and inabilities to adjust. For me, it doesn't matter who the free agents are or who is drafted if all the questionables we witness remain. That's my biggest thoughts right now for the offseason. I hope I'm wrong. And I think that that's a great comment, right? I mean, I guess you can, if you're going to put that into question form, uh, how is the staff going to grow from a year ago? How is the staff going to improve? Right? I mean, look, I know the Raiders only won six games, and it was a very disappointing season, and a lot of that was on the execution by the players, but I think some of that was on the coaches as well, and I think that's fair. You know, I think, I think that's a fair statement. That's okay to say that and question how is it going to improve? You know, is, is, is Josh McDaniels going to be more aggressive of a play caller at times? You know, or is, I mean, there's, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of good questions out there when it comes to, you know, the coaching staff. How is Patrick Graham going to not allow the middle of the defense or the middle of the field be wide open like it, like it was, right? How is he going to clean that up? I think that's a fair question, right? So that's, that's, that's really a good one. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Mailman Raiders said, yo, Q, I want to throw a question back at you. You want to know how aggressive they'll be but want to stamp at at seven? If, if say, Carter or insert, insert favorite rookie quarterback is sitting there at four or five, then do you make a move up? When Parsons was there at 12 last year, I wanted us to make a move for a potential difference maker. That's from Mailman Raider. And I'm okay with them moving up as long as they don't give up the farm. 
You know, and that's the thing about it. Like like we were just talking about with Amber, moving up from seven to, say, three is a lot. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. I mean, I went over the draft Bible just, just yesterday. I'll do it again. There's certain, you know what I mean? There's certain things that you, you just don't want to give up that much capital. Right now, they're at number seven. That's 1,500 points in the, in the trade Bible. Say they moved up to three. That's 2,200. That's a big difference. Number one is 3,000. So you have to find a way, and it's not like it's going to be an even trade. It's not like I'm going to say, okay, Demon, here's seven. That's 1,500 points. I want to go up to number three, which is Arizona, at 2,200. I'm going to make up the other, you know, the other 700 points. No, you got to make up the 700 p- points and beyond. You got to make it worth the, to, the, to the team that you're trading with. So if you got to give up 700, that really means you're giving up 1,000 at least. Unless you're the Raiders back in the day and you give up, you know, you go from three to 12. And you only get number 42 in return, like that was a robbery. That's still laughable. So that's, that's why I'm saying don't be too aggressive. But now if you go up from, you know, seven, like if you trade with Detroit, who's sitting right in front of you with 1,600 points at number six, and you're at 1,500, maybe you, you can make that move. Maybe you could even make a move to Seattle at number five at 1,700. But anything more than that, Indy's at 1,800 at number four. They're not trading back. They want a quarterback. They're going to trade up if anything else. If anything, they're going to trade up. They want, they need a quarterback, so they're not going to trade with you. The next team that you could trade with, realistically, is like Arizona at three, and that's twenty-two hundred points. That's why I'm saying you don't want to, you don't want to get too aggressive because they have too many holes to fill. It's like Amber said; she really said it perfectly. Seven is a weird spot to be in, <laughs> right? It's not high enough, and it's not low enough. I guess is the best way to put it. So, yeah, I mean, if if one of those guys start to drop, and and the Raiders really all like say they're all in on say Will Levitt, say he's just a guy. And he's sitting there at number, I don't know, number five. And they got to have him. And they believe that, you know what, there's another team behind them that, that might trade up and go get him. Maybe they have to do that. But I think if they're sitting there at number, if, if Levitz or whoever's sitting there at number five, there's a good chance that he's going to be there at seven. Because Seattle might not go and get a quarterback. Seattle probably won't go get a quarterback. Detroit, I don't think that they're going to go get a quarterback. They have a quarterback. So if that's the case, you could probably stay right where you're at and still get that same guy. So you just got to be strategic and smart about it is basically what I'm trying to say. Let's go out to the phone lines, man, at 707 or 702, excuse me, 365-9200. Uh, let's talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, Q? What's going on? Oh, I'm chilling, man. I know that's right. <laughs> hey, Q, I just, want to, I just want to chime in on my man, Mad Max. This guy, is a, he's a guy for the people. You know what I'm saying? This guy could have chose any facility to, to go get a, a pickup game, but he chose to go ball up in the hood. You know what I'm saying? So this guy is a legend, you know? So I, I just want to give this guy his flowers because this guy, you know, he, he could have just, but he wanted to play with the fans, and that, that's what's up right there. That, that to, to people, that, that means a lot. So thank you, Mad Max. Keep doing what you're doing. And then next year, go out there and, and, and prove all these doubters that, that you are an, an all-pro. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Raiders. All right, there you go, Juan the Smasher. If you don't know what he's talking about, Max Crosby, there's video floating around Twitter and the Internet of him playing basketball and him jumping out the gym, really, and it's not a gym, he's outside, uh, but him just soaring and dunking and looking like he was having his way out there, man. He looked like he was uh, having a good time. And, Damon, you kind of told me the backstory of that call with Juan. Apparently, Max was out there playing in the hood. Yeah, he was playing in the hood uh, right around um, – when I you lived on Charleston and Decatur, this was close. So this is a, a park that would be on the corner of, of Decatur around town, and it's just one of those – as one of the smashers said, yeah, he was out there in the hood. 
I mean, now when we say hood, what do we? What's our definition of hood? Like, is it hood hood, or is it like it's just a neighborhood hoot spot? No, the park's nice, but just the surrounding area. Uh, as I say for the locals out there, it's like right around the corner from the Meadows Mall. Okay. All right. So, so basically, and I, I'm not familiar with the area, so that's why I'm asking the questions. So, if you're, if you're, if I'm driving by, no, not me. If someone else is driving by and they see a uh, 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 orange, a uh, orange Porsche parked on the on the street, you know, at the, is, are they going to stop and be like, "What the hell is an orange Porsche doing over here?" Oh, one thousand percent. Okay. That that's that's what. Okay. That's that's. That puts it in perspective for me. So if they see uh, a silver and black Bentley, uh, someone might crash just looking at the car. Yeah, it would definitely be like, who's this? It would, and, it would stand out. And then it's the old snap moment of, oh, snap, it's Max Crosby out here. Right, right. Okay, I got you. I got you. That's what's up. All right, well, I didn't know, I didn't know exactly, you know, when you say the cross streets, you know me, I'm still GPS and everything, so I haven't got too familiar with all the cross streets. So there you go. Max Crosby out there balling with the people. Not mad at that at all. Uh, 2.56 at the time. We'll take a quick break. Hold on. I know we got a couple callers that we need to get to, and we will. 702-365-9200. Got plenty of good texts to get to as well on the don'tbebroke.com text line. We'll get to you on the, another, on the other side. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.